Debbie from Pizza Cracker Up Podcast, and I'm here with a new guest, Joanne Lewis. Joanne, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. It's nice to spend this time with you. Yeah, it's been a long time. It has. I miss being in the boat and checking in with everybody. Me too. I just, and there's been so many nights where you think, oh, I want to be out there. Don't you miss it? Don't you miss I the, do. the Tuesday and Thursday training? I, like the women, the weather, the, yeah. the water, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. All of it, yeah, for sure. So let's talk about your journey and how all this came about. My doctor, a number of years, well, when they opened the breast cancer screening program out at what's Freeport, Freeport mm-hmm. she switched me there. Because, and this is a quote, if something develops, you're going to go through the system faster if you're identified out there and not in my office. So that's rather ironic because very briefly, I have a younger sister. She's 60. She was 60 this year. When she was 37, she had breast cancer. She's So that's like, what, 23 years ago? And she hasn't had a recurrence, but she had a mastectomy. And that was, and like every milk duct was plugged. And she found it. She found a pea-sized lump. And when they did all the testing and whatever, here's the whole breast full of cancer. So they took the whole breast. And that was back in the day when they didn't really know as much as they know now about breast cancer. And they threw so much poison at her. I, she was so sick with chemo. But she, it, it clearly worked because she's never had a recurrence in 23 years. But because of that history, and I also had an aunt, my mother's sister, who had breast cancer twice. So she switched me to that program for early, easy identification, quick go through the program. So at the end of August in 2015, I, oh, and she always overrode, overrode the, um, you could only have a mammogram every two years. She always overrode that. And so I would have it every year. And uh, so I was out there at the end of August, and it was a week before I was going to the Yukon because my daughter was expecting her second child. And I was the advanced crew. I was there, I'd been there uh, in 2013 for the birth of my grandson. And John's mother was going to be, Anne was going to be out there for the birth of Heather, but I was the advanced team. So I was going to be there for a month and then Anne was coming out. And Catherine was teaching inside the Arctic Circle at the time. She got a, she was doing temporary work because she was going to be going on maternity leave. So she didn't take a classroom. She did a temporary thing. So I was going out there and I got the call back that there was something, the film was cloudy, they said, and they just wanted to do it again. So when I went back, I went back on a Thursday and they brought me in. They had that brand new machine. There's this new machine out there that I was a third person they'd put on it. Okay. And, and it was really quite interesting. And it does like layers, like turning the page of a book and it gets, and I could tell by looking at their faces in the booth that they were seeing something. And I thought, well, crap. So I started saying, okay, I'm, I have, I'm leaving tomorrow morning at eight o'clock for the Yukon and I'll be gone for a month and I'm going, <laughs> you know, wheels up at eight. So they had me sit and wait forever. And then they decided that they needed to do, I forget what the second thing was. I think it was a, C, a, a CT scan. And then they decided that they needed to do an MRI. They just kept me there like for hours. 
And everybody coming in was saying, I hear you're going to the Yukon tomorrow. <laughs> and and uh, so finally they brought in a doctor who said, we are seeing something and I hear you're going to the Yukon. Why don't we use the time to find out what it is? Um, I can do a needle biopsy. So they did the needle biopsy. So my doctor's wish of speedy, you know, going through the system speedily certainly paid, paid out there. And on the Tuesday, I got a phone call from my doctor, and it was, you have a breast cancer. Now, I thought breast cancer, it's cancer in the breast, breast cancer. But apparently, at that, the year I was diagnosed, apparently there were 37 identified breast cancers. Oh, my God. I know. So, because I, I thought her terminology was strange. You know, she said, you have a breast cancer. So they had- What year was that, Joanne? 2015. Okay. So they had the surgeon set up and I said, but I can't come home. My daughter needs me. And I was just focused on Catherine. And the last month of her pregnancy was difficult. And she had this two-year-old that I just said, I can't come. Like, I need more time here. And she was surprised. I think I was in denial. Mm. You know, I, when I think of it now, it was probably denial. But I, I was really focused on my daughter and her care. And... Um, she said, okay, well, you know, and she put me out to her, to her receptionist who said, I can't believe this, Joanne. And I said, well, I'm just, I can't come home right now. So anyway, they called back two days later and they gave me two weeks and two days more, but I had to come home. And my doctor said, you know, you're taking a risk. So then I had to tell my daughter because that still meant that I was coming home earlier than planned. And I came home and I didn't tell any, I had to change my flights and came home and I didn't let anybody know I was here. I just hid for a couple of days. And then a friend of mine, actually the friend who lives here in the building, had breast cancer a number of years ago. And so she came with me to the surgeon. And then I told everybody, well, I told my daughter and because my daughter knew, I told my son, but I said, you know, like it's just early days. I haven't got much more to tell you other than that. Got back middle of September and I had the surgery, I had a lumpectomy and I had the surgery two days after Thanksgiving. Dean and Heather, my granddaughter was born a week later. Aww. Yeah, it was really neat. And, um, you know, technology today, my gosh, we're blessed. Yeah, we because really my all my siblings were here exactly on Heather the day Heather was born. They were all here. They they all brought lunch and then they brought food for the freezer and all of that. My daughter sent a text and says, do you want to meet Heather? <laughs> yeah. Aww. Oh, so we my all sat God. here with FaceTime and met my granddaughter who was four hours old. It was fabulous. Wow. So anyway, well, and it was interesting. Again, I, you know, maybe denial. I don't know if you remember, they tell you all the side effects of chemo and all the things that can happen to your body. And I'm thinking, why don't I just have radiation? Like that's bad enough. Because they had sent my, there was a delay because they had sent the cells to California. Yeah. And it came back that I would benefit from chemo. And that's what she said, benefit. And I thought, okay, but that sounds like I don't absolutely have to have it. So I literally didn't. She had me all set up to start and I literally didn't. I said to her, can I think about it like for a little bit? Again, surprise, you know? So I came home and I do yoga on FaceTime with one of my sisters three times mm -hmm. a week mm -hmm. and we were scheduled. And so she wanted to know how everything went. And I said this about the chemo and I wasn't sure. And she said, why wouldn't you? And I said, well, um, and, and her husband has had cancer twice. So, and I said, um, you know, and she said, are they still there? And I said, yes. And she just went click. 
<laughs> so I called them and I said, I guess I probably, you know, should do the chemo. So I did. There were two different ones and I had four treatments. Okay. And I had restless leg every time. Like, I don't know if you had any side effects, but I could not keep my legs still the whole time I was hooked up. Were they able to give you anything? They gave me um, Benadryl. Mm-hmm. But and I and they gave it to me, you know, they started giving it to me in an injection before, but it didn't really, it helped a bit, but not it didn't stop it. And I had, you know, really wonderful friends through it all. I had, uh, I mean, my, I have a son who lives here. He's busy, has his own business, and he's a guy. And, um, <laughs> you know, so I had different friends came with me when I had my hospital appointments. I went for radiation on my own. Like, that was easy, really. So I had the four treatments of chemo and 24 treatments of, of radiation. The last four were target-specific. I guess he cut too close to the tumor in one side and so they really zapped the one area just to be sure because they're supposed to be within a certain margin around Mm -hmm. the tumor and he was a bit too close on the one side and so because and he said that to them that I would need extra radiation on that so I was finished by June of 2016 other than the restless feed I handled it well lost my appetite a bit but, and you know, and you know, the fatigue. Yeah. But, yes. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I would go for groceries because it was good to get out and do things. But as I say, I had, my friends would wanted to come with me and they were always bringing me food from my freezer. And so when it was finished, I'd forgotten, they said at the time of diagnosis, the one that I have has a high rate of returning and metastasizing to the bone. What kind of cancer was it? Do you remember? Ductal. Like it was confined okay. to the duct. It wasn't, and I didn't have anything. I had five lymph nodes taken out and there wasn't anything in them. I, there's some other terminologies in there I don't understand. Were you hormone positive or were you estrogen, positive? Estrogen, positive. estrogen positive, HR2 negative. I thought it would be the last appointment with the oncologist, except maybe a checkup in a year or something. And she reminded me that there was a a risk of this going to my bone and that there's a treatment now for that. So for um, first, she said for five years, but fortunately it was only three because I had my last one on uh, in December. Was it Zomita? Zomita. Did you have to take estrogen blockers like a remedy? No, I don't have to take an estrogen. Oh, yes, I am taking an estrosol. Okay. She started me off with le- uh, lethrosol, I think it was, yep. but it really, I have really bad knees and it really made them ache more. So she switched me to the anestrosol and it, it's better. Yeah. And I have to take that actually for two more years. And so oh. once you were done, did you ring the bell? I did. I, I banged the, I banged oh, the, yes. yeah, the gong. The, uh, the gong. Yeah, <laughs> the I gong did. And a friend, show. and a friend took a picture. I actually saw that picture not too long ago and I thought, God, I look so sick. And I thought I looked great because I was, yay, you know. <laughs> did you lose your hair and everything? Oh, gosh, yes. You did. Yeah, eh? I okay. did. Yeah. yeah. It started falling out. I had my first treatment. And about three days later, when I was in the shower, I was washing my hair and there was like clumps. That quickly, eh? Yeah. Wow. And so I called my hairdresser and she just shaved my head. I figured, what's the point? It's... It would be annoying to have it. Actually, it was two days after that that I called my hairdresser because I was having peanut butter toast and there was a lot of hair in oh, it. Oh, no. I thought, yeah, okay, we're going to get rid of this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's funny. As I said, my grandson was two. And so we would FaceTime often. My daughter would, you know, she was home with the kids and we would FaceTime often. And I guess she talked to him about Grammy was taking some strong medicine and she, and she didn't have any hair anymore. Because like, maybe she thought I would have my just my bald head. And of course, I had a scarf on when we were talking. And he's looking at me and he's looking at me and he says, do you have hair? And I said, well, no, actually, I don't. And do you want to see? And he said, yes. So I took it off. And he, he's looking at me and he's looking at me. And then he says, you look like a baseball. <laughs> oh, you know? kids are so cute. Kids are so funny. How did you find out about dragon boating? And Well, I, I heard about WellFit. I know everybody else, pretty much their contact was WellFit. But I was doing the yoga with my sister and that was working well. And Hope Springs, I get the newsletter and there was an invitation to an information session about dragon boating. And I knew they were doing a lot of fundraising. So I thought, oh, maybe they're going to have one of those dragon boat race things for fundraising. And I probably can't do that, but I'll see if I can help in some way. So I went to the presentation and it was Emily and Jess and they were talking about dragon boating and these women and you know how long they'd been doing it and they mentioned Italy and so I had I had two questions I said one does the boat tip over because I had to conquer a fear of the water to do this like I had a unreasonable fear of the water and I and I and she said no the way that's designed it's you know it really can't tip and then my second question was if I join now can I go to Italy and she said yes of course that's what they were hoping to get more people so that we'd have time to make a team and get it over there so and you could go out and try it twice before you made your decision so I'm the least athletic person you're going to meet went out for the first night and met Joanne B she was lovely and Wendy, they were there when I went down and I was nervous all day, like a kid going to school for the first day. I was mm. just, what if nobody talks to me? I was just so nervous. Anyway, I got in the boat. I thought, wow, I can do this. I mean, I was afraid if the boat did a sudden thingy, I, mm, it took me almost the first season, almost the whole first season to get over that. I thought, wow, this is really neat. And, and the women just so wonderful. Just a feeling of, I just felt like, and I've never been on a team of anything and I've never had a coach. And Bronwyn is just so amazing. Isn't she? You know? yeah. She's on so many levels. She's an amazing person. Yeah. And, and I had a coach and I was so yeah. proud of having, I was so <laughs> proud of having a coach. So I signed up and it's just been wonderful. And I, and I do, I miss it so much this year. So when we went to Italy, which was a fabulous experience, especially when we were winning, <laughs> And, I know. And I, I remember one time when we came in and we'd won again, I thought, uh-oh, Bronwyn knows we can do this now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? But we love being in that boat oh. and we love being together. And it's just... Uh, and now, Joanne, we can all claim that we're international athletes. We're international athletes. Oh. And again, you know, and again, thanks to Bronwyn, she doesn't think of us as women who've had breast cancer. She thinks of us as, uh, as athletes and she trains us like that bless her for that she yeah. is you know I mean and again I have a coach <laughs> you yeah, know well, like somebody who <laughs> says this is how you do it and you know straighten that arm and lean forward more and you know she's like so it's, patient with us she is she yeah. is she's wonderful I miss her too <laughs> yeah me too so Italy was a good experience it was I'd been a few times before okay. but I love I love the country so the whole experience of meeting other women. Imagine 4,000 women from, what was it? Well, it was all seven continents, 23 countries, I think, 4,000 women. Yeah. And we came smack dab in the middle. And that's after really only being a team for a year. Yep. So we did yep. good. 
it was a highlight of my life too. Yeah, yeah it really was. Yeah, I know. And, and like so many of us have said, the worst news we could have ever gotten led us to the best experience we've ever had. So hard. Get that in the beginning. I know, you know, it's funny. I never felt like I was going to die. I mean, I, cause it wasn't that kind of a diagnosis. And I was impressed with how from the time my sister had cancer to when I did what they'd learned and that they actually have a chemo that they can pinpoint to your cancer is amazing. So I, I, I think I'm kind of a billboard for two things. Like for women, have your mammogram. Because my doctor sent me out there to make sure that I was having mammograms every year. And been there the year before. They didn't see anything that year they did. And it was early. And, you know, here I am healthy and happy and thankful. And the other thing is don't ever stop giving to cancer research because look at what they learn. It's awesome. I also had the genetic testing and I didn't have the gene, but there were two markers that they weren't, they didn't have enough information on and they've said they wanted to do it again, but I I don't know if we ever will. Wow. Joanne, thank you so much for doing this with me. Any other words of wisdom? Um, No, just as I said earlier, I I feel like I'm a billboard for definitely have your mammogram. You know, like I keep hearing women say, oh, I can't be bothered or I don't like that machine. Oh my gosh. You know, I think the difference today from years ago is early detection. And we have a machine that can give us that. Thank you so much, Joanne. Really appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you. I loved seeing you after not having time with you in the boat. So it's It's been great to see you. I know. (laughs) It's been great to see you. And and I'm, you know, thank you for asking me to share. And you're more than welcome. Yeah. Thank you for our listeners for joining us on Keep Your Pecker Up podcast. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye.